What's up guys and welcome back to the Sport Business Discovery, the podcast where you get to discover an expert from the sport business industry every episode. Today on the show, I have the pleasure to receive Victor Ribacare, who occupies the position of Senior Sponsorship Manager for the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA. Victor holds a Bachelor of Management and Marketing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. Then he earned his Master's uh, in Sports Management at the Southern Methodist uh, University in Dallas. Texas. At uh, the school, he interned uh, at his university, but uh, in the ticket office. But he also did uh, an internship with the Mavericks in sponsorship activation, and then he worked his way up all the way to the position that he is today. So in this episode, we'll talk about his internship. What are some more responsibilities that he has with his current job, like uh, compared to before? We'll speak also about uh, sales, um, sponsorship activation, and more. So I hope you guys are going to listen this, are going to listen, yes, but are going to like this episode. So before we start, I just want to invite you guys to subscribe to the show, leave a comment, let me know what you think, positive and negative. I'm always looking for ways to be better, as I think uh, everybody should. Uh, you can also leave a five-star review on Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts. It takes like five seconds, and it really helps for um, uh, recognition and like a ranking of the podcast and stuff um so it's a great win ratio for you uh you get more episodes and uh i get like um i get some likes and stuff so it's easier for me to get those those uh guests for you um so without further ado we'll start um victor is a great individual he works for a great association and uh so far he's super fun to talk to um so we'll start right into it victor how are you doing today I'm doing well, Terry. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm uh, really honored that you chose me to come speak. and definitely excited to um, t- tell you more about my experience. Yeah, no worries. When I saw your resume, I was like, I got to get the, this guy on. You know, he did so many in like so little amount of years. He, you grew up so fast. So it was like, and in basketball, before I received more guests for hockey, so it was like, yeah, I want to have his perspective perspective on the industry and how it's going and stuff so um as uh the first question when i did your introduction just a few moments ago i mentioned that you initially graduated from regis university in denver but then you moved to texas in dallas um, for your other university so i was wondering what motivated you to go there um how it was when you you moved there did you have maybe a scholarship for your master's or no and how was the adaptation um yeah, great question. So, you know, I, I, I like many, uh, undergrad students, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, but I know in my, my past, I always wanted to work in sports. So that was always uh, top of mind and getting a general business degree from Regis university, I think helped me just get an understanding of the marketing aspect that gets, um, applied to sports. Uh, but really I was, I moved down here to, because my parents really encouraged me to get my master's degree. And I also needed to get more information and more education about the sports industry as a whole. And so um, I really didn't get that at Regis University and uh, a mentor of mine actually from Arizona where I'm originally from, uh, recommended looking at SMU, Southern Methodist University as an option. And when I did, I saw that they only had a one year program, uh, about 12 months of a hybrid uh, sports management um, degree that uh, had us taking classes from 
the business school and also the school of education. And so I told myself, you know, I'm not going to do a two year master's program. And so why not, why not just buckle down for a year and go to SMU in Dallas and Dallas was such a big sports market itself. I knew being in um, this sort of environment would allow me to really expand my knowledge and my network uh, throughout the sports industry. So, yeah, no, no, no scholarship for it. I just decided, hey, let me invest in my future a little bit. And I, I packed up everything after uh, undergrad and moved, uh, drove down here for what it took 13 hours from Denver to Dallas and started school about um, a couple of days later and really just spent the first year out here just building my network and working and studying. Because as you can imagine, I didn't have, didn't have a lot of money um, after finishing college. So I was still just trying to make, make ends meet. But uh, ultimately, it was, it was a really good experience just to come down here and, and expand my network, meet new people, and and eventually um, end up in the position I'm at now. Yeah, so definitely worth it to um, do that jump. You spoke about mentors prior on, and actually it was a question I had uh, later on, but uh, why not jump into it right now? So I was wondering if this mentor was uh, one of the most important ones that you got, maybe who he was and what kind of advice, aside from the one that you already told, that he was able to give you in your, your journey. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, you know, this is probably one of my, my first mentors that um, I've developed a relationship with. He's a great guy named Trey Chappelle. And he, I've known him since I think the, my junior year of high school. And so we, we would have a lot of conversations. He helped me a lot with my college uh, application process. But he is someone I definitely go see every time I'm back in Arizona. So I'm actually going to try and meet up with him uh, next week as I, as I fly back. To Arizona uh, for the holidays, but uh, the biggest piece of advice uh, he's given me, and at least this is something that's really stuck, um, that stuck with me for a while, is uh, always under promise and over deliver. So never over over promise what you can do, um, setting setting too high of an expectation, um, but instead set a reasonable expectation on how when you will deliver stuff, what you'll do for people, and then um, setting it reasonable knowing that you have the capacity to do more and then when you deliver deliver more so that it is it comes as additional value value or additional uh, or higher value or in in regards to like maybe when you submit things in you're submitting things early when you set a certain timeline so that's that's something i've tried to apply in different aspects of my life um from trey but he's been just a good person for me to go back ask questions questions too and he owns his own business so he's always dropping a lot of knowledge on me on just how to uh, navigate uh navigate a professional career and lead people as well great and what kind of relationship did you uh, have still have with him did you met him uh, at work or was it through school and do you, do you more like uh, call him or do you meet like you, you said you're gonna meet face to face but what like are like kind of the basis of the, this relationship yeah, no, we, we spent a lot of time together when I was in Arizona in high school, uh, when I was uh, going through my um, high school a- college application process. And so he helped me a lot with that. And then once I left uh, Arizona for college, it would be more on a uh, individual basis uh, in person whenever I'm home. So for the holidays, I would always make sure to go see him. 
and so he he's a he's an SMU al- alumni himself. So okay. whenever nice. he's in whenever he's in town for any SMU events, we'll try to uh, get together and meet up. But my whole, he's very connected to my whole family, so I, I'm able to keep uh, mm. a, a relationship with him through my siblings as well because they're in Arizona. They, okay, great. They, they see him a so lot you're more able often. able to get news more from often them also and stuff like that. Yeah, ah. so it makes it easy just to meet up with him when when I'm in town. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes it easier. Can you present maybe a um, picture uh, of the differences between the ticket office and the sponsorship part as you had your, your two internship into those things? And as maybe I think sometimes people confuse more ticket office and sponsorship because they're like, oh, it's sales, you know, you're selling. It's still sales, but I think you have some some differences that you could give us to uh, enlighten us a bit on uh, the subject. Definitely, definitely. So I've always worked on more the execution side of both uh, aspects, so tickets and sponsorship. I do very little on the sales side. Uh, I really don't sell at all. I, I, I could say that's not my area of expertise, or but at the same time, it's a good skill that I'm able to um, derive some tips from with those I work. So both in the ticket office and sponsorship, I do execution. So in the ticket office, I was the person that made sure that the tickets uh, that were sold were sent to the individuals correctly. Okay. Um, so once the sales team gets gets um, someone to buy in, they, they send me the order, they send me the uh, payment information. I plug that all in, make sure that the payments were made and then um, Created profiles for individuals, and through the Ticketmaster um, platform, sent them their tickets. And then on game days, I would be working in the ticket office, helping anyone with any ticket questions. Oh, I, maybe someone needs to print their tickets, or um, they're having issues, or they wanted to buy tickets the day of the game. So that was a, that was a lot more my work. So just executing anything that was purchased previous to the game, and then um, at the game, helping execute any. Um, game day purchases so that was that was tickets and i mean with tickets it's pretty straightforward right it's a a a patron coming in saying i need a set amount of tickets for set amount of games or a whole season and then you execute that on on the back end and so it's it's a one-on-one transaction so on the sponsorship side it's a lot more it's a lot more complex right because not not everything not every sponsor deal is the same across the board. So we, we are trying to understand a uh, partner's objectives, put together a plan on how to reach those objectives, and then execute them to the to a level that delivers a strong um, return on investment. And so we are constantly working through a, a bunch of different um, avenues. Let's say a partner may want to grow their, their overall brand through social media or through a promotion in our game so there's a lot more details and buckets that fall under the sponsorship side compared to tickets that's just straightforward transaction and why did you choose more the sponsorship bar rather than the ticket office honestly i wasn't as fond of being so customer facing okay and by, by customer facing, I mean just the, 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 the day-to-day fans. And when it comes to tickets, people are just 
are very adamant about what they want. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, my experience, my, my experience, right, I'm like, eh, this is fine, but it's also not as explorative or um, creative as I mm-hmm. honestly would have wanted it to be. So sponsorship, you, it's something different every day. I know we have some of our more permanent assets, but when you, when you're trying to really fulfill a sponsorship agreement and, uh, and help a, help a partner really just meet their objectives, there are a lot of different ways to go about it. And I liked one, the balance of executing on the back end, and then also um, being able to create those relationships with those partners. So I know I said, I didn't like the customer facing aspect of tickets, but I love the customer facing aspect of sponsorship. Where yeah, you have someone you're constantly building. Yeah. You're building that relationship. You're working through different challenges that may come and ultimately ultimately um collaborating for a single um a single goal so uh sponsorship was just it's it's a new adventure every day and i like that and so that's why i was like okay let me let me go more that route okay and yeah but it's different in the sense that uh you probably have the the individual the company bosses and stuff like working more with you rather than a random fan coming in and is like oh my tickets doesn't work or i want to upgrade this or Oh, I have uh, a yeah. seat that uh, I'm not happy with or some stuff like that. That can be tougher sometimes. But I was wondering, could you give a specific example of, uh, let's say, a sponsorship that you couldn't help? Is it like, uh, let's say they have a sponsor, uh, not a sponsor, but they have like their logo on the field, but they want to get more exposure? Is it like you're trying to work some deals, maybe uh, get them more through whatever way it could be um, in your arena or some stuff like that? Or um, it's something different? Yeah, it actually varies. So with, with sponsors, luckily, there's a lot of room for adjustments and adaptation mm-hmm. based on how much you're spending and like their objectives. So, excuse me, we're always able to work around any issues. But at the same time, we, it is all based off a of contract, right? And so we, um, the, the basis of everything we do is within within the confines yeah, yeah, of the contract. Of and so a, a partner can come to us and say, Hey, I want to, I don't like how this looks. I would like to do it differently. But before we do anything like that, one, we have to, we have to make sure, okay, are you spending the right yeah, amount, yeah, right like amount of money with stuff. us? And if they're not, then that's an opportunity for them to increase their spend in order to reach that objective. So a partner can't just come to us and be like, Oh, I don't like this, do this. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's, it's still a constant conversation. It's, it's, uh, learning each other and setting um, setting some precedents in order to make things happen. But yeah, we, I mean, it, it happens every day. Not every sponsorship deal is perfect. Um, not every interaction with the partner is perfect. But I think the ability to work through things um, is a lot different than, uh, least in my opinion, the ticket side. You may ask someone on the ticket side, they may say something different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, but uh, it's great anyway. I was wondering if we could talk a bit more about your internship experience. So how it was with SMU and with the Mavs and maybe what is one thing that you think you did with the Mavs uh, as you interned that helped you get a job later on and help them say, oh, we want to get this guy in the team. Yeah, great question. So, I mean, both of my internship experiences were, were were pretty similar in a sense where my my mindset going in was, hey, I'm going to work my butt off as hard as possible, put in as much time as I need to in order to learn exactly what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and also meet as many people through the processes. 
as well. So I think that that's one thing I made sure to do. So like at SMU, I was I met as many people as I could in the athletic department. I made sure to get coffee with the with the athletic director at SMU at the time, just in order to pick his brain, um, make an acquaintance, and add him to my overall network. So that was something I was really really consistent about. And then when I got to the Mavericks, the same thing. I had so much time, only a limited amount of time. The internship was supposed to end. So I started internship in June. It's supposed to end in August. And I was fortunate enough to, to make some pretty good connections, especially with some um, individuals in HR that were aware of my situation being a graduate and not that I'm going to go back to school. So it's like, okay, they were able to vouch for me in different ways in order to increase my timing at the Maverick. So because a summer internship in the NBA is a lot different from an in-season internship because summer internship, there's not a lot going on. It's off-season. People are off, and you only get you don't really get a taste of what that what what the season's like. Plus, you also aren't given as many opportunities, right, to showcase yourself with their everyday tasks. And so, honestly, my me being able to build a relationship with some of the individuals in HR, I think, is what uh, allowed them to extend my time at uh, the Mavericks in a more intern position because I was really an intern with the Mavericks until about November 2018 and then that's when I got offered a full-time job um, in November 2018 so there was still a lot of time in between when I started and then that was Mm -hmm. spent working and uh, working internally with my department um, trying to make myself available to other departments too to learn about what they're doing and make the connections with uh their employees and then working with hr to to build that relationship and give them a reason why to to keep me so it's it's a it's a collaborative thing and so i knew regardless of whether or not i stayed there or uh didn't i was gonna make have connections with the dallas mavericks that could i could leverage in the future or i could just build on and see uh, where that took me so working my butt off and learning more about the industry and of course making the connection because it's it is about who you know uh when, when you're trying to get in yeah of course it's all it's all about that and they they have to think highly of you too you know you, if you're a drug they they won't pick you up but in general it's it's a lot of this this business mostly this actually and i was wondering when you were maybe looking at those other department uh, at the maps did you pick up something that could interest you later on or you were like oh i'm not sure to go there sponsorship is the thing that i want to go because i have I don't know, maybe I have the security or I know more what it is. So um, I, I want to continue in this. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I, I definitely was able to learn a little bit more about like the player relations department, uh, the marketing department. And I think mar- what I do is is marketing in a sense. It's, it's marketing for partners through our brand mm-hmm. instead of just marketing the Dallas Mavericks brand. So th- those two departments definitely uh, piqued my interest a lot because of um how many different areas that they touched and the 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 ability to make something small into something big so those are definitely um areas i I piqued interest in but at the same time uh, the more and more i learned i I think i saw how they all worked through the sponsorship uh department as well like we work hand-in-hand with the 
of player relations team and we work with the marketing team and, and to, do, to execute a lot of the assets within our deals. So I was like, okay, those are cool. And I will definitely uh, keep them in the back of my mind. But uh, the sponsorship side is something I want to dive into a little more. Okay, great. Another question I like to ask is what is maybe the one thing that we had uh, as an individual um, that is maybe more unique to us that we had maybe all the way back when we were a kid um, that made the difference. So in your career, do you think you have a little something that helped you or something that you know that you had from a, a long time that helped you to thrive in your job and be able to pass from intern to senior manager in less than six years? Yeah, no, that, when I actually saw that question, um, I was really taking back because I, I really haven't realized and I haven't realized or really sat in the fact that I made that sort of transition that growth in, in that amount of time yeah so I'm like that's yeah that's crazy yeah. Oh, when, when you think about it back when when you were beginning college beginning university I don't think you, you could have like pictured that like okay in six years I'll, I'll be all the way up there yeah so I'm actually thankful for you even mentioning that just so I could reflect a little bit more on it. But what, one one trait of mine that I think has helped me from a child, and uh, my parents have told me this, uh, even my, my girlfriend's telling me this, it's my, my patience. I've been a pretty patient person um, for, for as long as I've known. My parents have told me stories of situations where I was young and just my that, that level of patience was um, exemplified that, of course, you wouldn't see in different aspects. And, and now that I'm, I'm older, I'm, I'm realizing, yeah, I, I take my time with things, but I'm intentional. So um, even being a, being an intern, there was no guarantee that I was going to get the job at, at, at all. There's no guarantee that I was going to stay in, in Dallas, but my, my patience to just sit in the environment and make the most out of it with what I was doing, I think, allowed me to get the position that that, that I, I got getting in and then through through that time period not necessarily rushing hey i need this or i need that but you know making people aware talking to people about how what my growth can look like and then um doing my job to the best of my ability i i think has helped me really make this quicker transition than thought and it, i think it's really um interesting though too to think it's like okay my patience is what led to a such a quick um, growth in um, in six years, and so and that and to uh, to that point, I didn't I don't realize how quick it was. I'm just in the, I'm a sort of in the moment sort of guy. So if it's I focus on what's in front of me, not what's behind me or what what can come in the future, because I got you got to take care of what's in front of you. And sometimes I will say that patience, um, I can be a little too patient sometimes and take too long to make decisions or, or, or do something, but I've seen a lot more benefit from it than any uh, negativity. So yeah, patience is something from a young age that I think has helped me get to where I'm at today. Great. And I think this is an aspect that could be like overlooked or that we don't actually think or we don't actually hear a lot because we're all like, oh, you know, you got to make your way through the door. You got to hop in and then you got to knock out all of the doors that you can uh, check all the things. But a most patient approach, like you said, and just waiting and not actually like 
just keep focusing on the present and do the best job that you can. And even let's say if you guys are listening and you're into your internship and you're not actually feeling that you're going to get selected, keep doing what you're doing, keep trying to, to, to be better and, and just work on your craft and stuff. Don't be like, let's say, I don't know, let's say you have three weeks left and you don't feel like they, they're going to take you in. Don't don't be like, oh, I'm going to like focus more on another thing or I'm going to check more for another job. You know, you never know what could happen. If you have those three weeks left, maybe uh, there's going to have, you're going to have an event uh, where you can really demark yourself, but you just got to wait for it. You know, it's not something that you control right away and sometimes you gotta wait for for things to happen even if it's not always like uh something that that will make you happy you know maybe it's gonna be a big problem that you have to deal with and it's gonna be like oh we made a mistake on that now we gotta make up for it then can you help us do that and then it's it's your time to shine and if it doesn't come in your internship maybe it wasn't meant to be and maybe it was meant to be for your other internship that you're gonna get later on and just like yes be intentional like you said and know what you want but don't actually like um let's say don't throw down opportunities that that could still be relevant for for because you fear to to miss others you know don't have too much the 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 fear of missing out and stay um in the present moment and stuff so yeah definitely i think um a great advice that was just a little more parenthesis to explain it i was wondering about more about your job uh, what do you like most about your job what is maybe one of your best moment uh, of your career and maybe what do you like the, the least about the job apart that you're having more a uh, hard uh hard time to 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 go through stuff yeah so i think first and foremost i love the fact that i work in sports i think i'm i've been an nba fan my whole life and so being able to have access to just so many games yeah because uh, growing up i didn't, I didn't get to go stuff. to yeah I, I didn't get to go to a lot of games growing up so like in the last five years i've probably uh gone to more games than i ever did before I was before I turned 22. So that is the that is the why my reason for working in this industry. I mean, that's probably my most favorite part. And because of that, I've been able to experience some pretty unique moments. So my first year, it was the last year that uh, Dirk uh, played before retiring. And so I got I got to experience a lot of uh, unique moments with that, especially like his last game ever. Was, we had this great night um speeches all this all this kind of stuff a bunch of stars came in and so did that he had his jersey retirement last season which was a really unique experience and um he's about to have his uh statue reveal uh on christmas day so that's mm -hmm. gonna be another unique experience that you don't I didn't know that. get that's access great. to every day yeah so it's gonna be those are those are my favorite favorite moments per se and in regards to my, like my, my day to day job, my favorite thing is really being able to connect a one of our partners with the the fan. So we, we do a lot of promotions where the uh, partner is able to you know provide a fan a unique experience, like shooting on the court before a game, like seeing how happy that makes kids or even adults, grown men and women, um, to have this unique experience is what makes my job worthwhile. Because it's like okay this experience they will cherish for the rest of their life and i played a part in it 
to just ex to execute it. And then and the partner as well is able to, you know, grow grow their brand in, in a positive way. So that's probably the most exciting um, piece, my favorite piece of the job, like those unique moments, experiences that we can create um, with the partner and our fans and community members uh, make it so much more, so much more worthwhile than just a uh, execution sort of job. So that's, that, that, those are the pluses. I think, I mean, the negative, and you could probably ask anyone in the sports industry, the, the, you don't you don't get to sleep much. Um, the, the schedule could be um, can be can be very very hard on you because I mean especially basketball we have eighty two games, uh, forty one home games, and so being able to create a a life of consistency through that I think is very much achievable, but it's challenging, and that is one thing that one day what one week like this past week we had three three games in five nights. That's that's a lot. Uh, trying to plan for and uh, execute, and so I mean, it's it's a job. So you you have different pieces of different adversity that you can experience within within the job, like internally, externally, like small things. But you, you get that everywhere. Um, but on top of that, you, you you throw the schedule on there. Sometimes it can be uh it can be challenging. So not really not too much to dislike about just my job in the sports industry. I mean, it's, it's constantly changing. I, and, and my role is constantly growing. I think I look at things more of more as challenges to help me grow and help those around me. So like things disdain, because I, I think I would say if there's something I really didn't like about this, then I probably wouldn't be in this position. Right. So I, I, at least for me. So that's why I try to re recategorize the, the the challenges more in, in a positive way but yeah definitely i can say i i, I would like to sleep more um, <laughs> throughout the week and i i think anyone in sports can tell you especially in a sport that has a lot of games that that, that definitely takes a toll yeah let's say on football when you only have one game a week and you have 17 in the year it's a bit easier you know maybe you have a, a day that you work 20 hours or some stuff but the other day you, you're pretty much chill while on your basketball if you finish at 11 midnight then you're back at the office And at 7 a.m., you know, the next morning, because you get an hour game day and you got to plan ahead, and uh, that's the way it goes. And then late, late night, you finish, and then you hop in another one uh, after. Um, so, yeah, definitely that's something that, um, but I think in the same time, that makes like, because I was watching actually an NBA game, my first one this Friday. I went to see Raptors Nets and I was just checking those people around and I was like, it's so like a special night in general for them. So when I look at the outer perspective, it was like if I work there, I'm sure I, I would get some nights, of course, that you're tired, but on the same The same thing, I'm like, on the other side, you know, you have the chance to to be there and kind of like to, to maybe motivate yourself to keep on. And you're like, look at all those people who are happy. You you two should be happy or like all, all those people who would like give everything to be at your place. Of course, they, 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 they don't know what are behind the scenes and all those stuff but still um yeah just kind of like um, a little thing that was like oh still you're in a very good place and even though the 
the schedule isn't always easy, uh, I definitely think it's worth it. And I think you do too. And that that's one of the reasons why you, you're still there. But I think you get just the perfect answer. You know, like uh, if there would be some things that I didn't like, then I wouldn't be here. I think you have the confirmation that you're um, happy where you are and you, you found your way. And it's not something that I would say is easy to do also at a young age one because um it's not always easy to decide what you want to do and two because there's so many options and it kind of go together and to really find your niche is not something that is always easy so yeah definitely uh, congratulations for that yeah and, real quick actually yeah i was gonna say you are at the Net yeah, I was Raptors, Raptors at the Scotia Bank with the carry three pointer at uh, one point zero seconds. Amazing. That was amazing. That was like yeah. it was my yeah. first game. It was like, well, even if uh, I'm from Montreal and the Raptors are the only team in Canada, so I was like, I want Raptors to win. But even then, it was like. The, one of the best game I could have because for the, yeah. for, for the people that don't know it was like what 20 seconds left or something it was uh, one, uh, 116-114 for the Nets then yep. Scotty uh, Barnes put two uh, free throws after being fouled uh, when he went to, to shoot and then you had like few seconds left for the nets you had a stop and play and then they had eight seconds to to do a basket and just Kyrie finished it with a three and um yeah it was amazing yeah. <laughs> i saw the reaction of yeah. people and yeah the, this was definitely something but also fred van fleet put like 39 or 38 points he was really on fire especially yeah. at the beginning of the game he was like burying nearly all of them but yeah, great game. And even like I'd say another advantage is, yes, it's cool as a fan, but even if I would have been as a game as an executive, I'm sure it would have the same reaction of being like, ain't no way <laughs> he buried it in like yeah. seven seconds. And I think with those kind of moments, and just like you said, uh, with uh, Dirk Nowitzki and stuff and the Jersey retirement, the last game, those are some like key moments that you look back after a year and you're like, wow. I've experienced that, uh, yeah. and those are the moments that like keep you going every day because you know you can have more, and you know that you're like so happy in those moments. That that's those peak moments that more that even though you're trying to have as less down as possible, that that but that's one of the reason why you you just keeping through. So yeah, pretty, yeah, absolutely, pretty good game there. You could be, I will say this as an employee, you can be so tired, but when it's the fourth quarter and it's a tie game. It's close. That fatigue completely disappears. You are <laughs> locked in. You are ready. And if that shot hits, you just get a burst of energy. So it's nothing. You can't. You can't replace that. You can't recreate that in a lot of under other industries. So that, it definitely is what makes a working sport so special. It's like any any night, something like that could happen, and it could just absolutely change the way. Uh, you move and also it, it definitely affects the way people are in the office the next day right so like mm -hmm. if you blow a, a, a big lead people are not people are going to come in sad compared to if, if you have a great game and 
all that, you'll see everyone will be in such a happy mood. So you just you just can't get you can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, and also that's something I think you get. If let's say Narsi as a downside, but it's something that you have to take like take in consideration when you're gonna be working there. You're gonna have more, I guess, mood swings in the team and more bit the management to do rather than I don't know if you would be, but you can have that in some other industries. But rather than if you would be I don't know working in a traditional uh, company doing a marketing job and it's more i don't know they had they they ads rolling or some stuff and they didn't have had like those peak moments and those peak moments don't have to be just in basketball you know we're just after the world cup uh, i'm sure it was the mm -hmm. same thing you know yeah. it, it was crazy the the um the emotions that you can get both as manager and as fans and i think that's why a sport is um so beautiful um so yeah definitely and, and, and considered like whatever you want advantage or not but i, I would say it's one but uh yeah something that you, you have to take in consideration for you guys listening out there as a next question i was wondering can you develop or talk about what it is more to be a part of a minority in the sport business industry as maybe some individual or listening and are wondering what they could potentially go through uh, did you ever feel that was maybe tougher to have opportunities or jobs even though that clearly didn't stop you you know you, you're there you are there and you, you did so many amazing things and i think this is the, the most important thing about it that that You, you didn't let it stop you but i was wondering if you ever felt maybe uh, that you were um, not actually held back but uh, maybe you were looking at some other guys and i think that's where maybe your patience was was so great and um, you were able to uh, knock it through eventually yeah no it, it's, it's a real thing right so i'm glad uh you asked the question and uh we can address it i think the the, the sports industry depending on one The, the league you go to and the, the team and, and that ownership, it can be hard to be a minority in that space. Actually, like when I, when I started interning at the Dallas Mavericks, I was the only person color or one of, one of two people of color in that department. And so, uh, um, that was, that, I think that that department was about, I had about 15 to 18 people at the time. So more than 80%. Yeah, so it was, it, 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 was, it was definitely challenging coming in and not being able to, I, there were other individuals in the organization that were of, of color, they're uh, minorities, but um, being my day-to-day -day people that I'm talking to, I'm the only one, it definitely could um, be discouraging because it's like, okay, are they understanding me for who I am? Are there any uh, biases that are there that, are just unconscious that are being applied to me. So that that was definitely something that uh, was was very apparent. And like I said, me being the first African-American male in that department was also something I heard that was like, okay, I have to just make sure that I am doing everything in my, in, in my capacity to give no one any excuse to speak on my race or um, as, as a factor to my, um, my performance. And so that, that was, it, it's, it's a thing. And the biggest piece of advice I would say is do not let yourself being a minority hinder your potential within yourself. Because mm -hmm. I think that that's something I see sometimes. It's, it can be very common that as uh, an individual, you're one of very few within the organization. But 
sometimes we let that um, create some shackles within our within our mind and use that almost as an excuse as to why some things aren't happening. I think there are very there are very much times where things don't happen because of the way you look. I'm not denying that. I still think, unfortunately, in 2022, but at the same time, we we can project mentally that something's not happening because of the way we look, or that we shouldn't do something because of the way we look, or because there's not a lot of us. That is not going to get us anywhere. Some of the uh, our strongest leaders were those that pushed the envelope and didn't let what society may have told them be what they believed. And so um, that that is really my biggest piece of advice is like, don't let yourself being a minority hinder you. Definitely respect yourself as a minority if you see that you are being mistreated in an organization. Speak up if uh, if you can, and or find a a different organization because some I will just say some organizations are just bad. They yeah. have bad cultures, and like so everywhere. Try, if you stay, yeah. So if you try to stay in there too long, that 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 can definitely um, take a toll on you. But at the same time, you have to. Be aware of yourself and what you need for your own success and not expect that to be given to you, especially if you're a minority. You can't expect them to think of your journey as much as you can. And I mean, yes, as a minority, but as any sort of individual, because we can be minorities in different ways in different organizations. So take always take control, but you can be patient in that by not assuming what others may be thinking of you. Uh, but that, that's the biggest thing. And I will say, prior to me actually getting an internship at the Dallas Mavericks, I felt like that was something that played part because um, different po- at different moments, the Mavericks did reach out to SMU to get resumes for in- potential interns. But unfortunately, due to our class schedule, no one actually interned during the, su- during the uh, season. But I felt like there were a lot of times where my name was being thrown in there and other students' names that were not minorities. Minorities were thrown in there, and every time the, the the other students would get the interview before me, and I had to find a different way to get my my foot in the door. But at the same time, I I had to do it for myself, which unfortunately is, is an unfortunate situation in certain environments. But I I think um, I didn't let that hinder me mentally on what my possibilities were and. It worked out for me. Yeah, you know, you had the ability to do it, and uh, you did, you know. So props to you for that, and uh, I think you gave a great piece of advice. I I hope it was helpful for the ones that are listening. Uh, We're slowly closing, too. We have about uh, 10 minutes left. So I I have, uh, as the next question, as you're also, I guess, part of the hiring process as a manager, I was wondering what is maybe one thing uh, when you're hiring that you're looking for. I know that everybody could have some different ways in, but do you have maybe some check boxes that you think an individual need to check if you want to succeed, especially in um, sponsorship and activations? Yeah, no, good question. So, I mean, it it, it can vary. Or what, One thing I'm, I'm looking for is an, an individual's ability to uh, be proactive because that, that that's something in sponsorship and within this industry that is just needed like a level of proactivity where you're not always waiting for the next step you are you're either 
um, asking the questions or trying to think of what the next steps are and and bring that to the table because our, our seasons go by so fast and yes well, well one day we'll be thinking about one game the next day is another game one day is the one one campaign the next day is another campaign so if you're always sitting there as a as a as a new employee and waiting for for guidance it can be hard because of how fast we move not saying that you would not get the guidance but it would be beneficial for yourself to take some individual productivity um, to figure out, learn, and present different things to to help yourself and help the organization. And ultimately, it's a, it's a good look for you. So productivity is number one, uh, and an ability to just network. You, you you have to be able to speak to different people. We are speaking to individuals internally. Um, all the other departments creating relationships with them. We're creating relationships with the partners themselves, right? And we create those relationships, leverage it for a long partnership. And then we're creating relationships with, with vendors. We're creating relationships with our staff at the arena. So you have to be able to network, talk to people, and develop good relationships. And I can sense that sometimes during during the interviews, during the hiring process. You'll you'll know those individuals who make the extra effort to reach out, send thank you letters, send thank you emails. Mm-hmm. I have questions. Those like stand that. out. Yeah, little things like that. Those stand out outside of the individuals who just do the interview and then call it a day. So that, that's two. And uh, a big piece I've been telling a lot of people recently is any sort of specialization. I think the sports industry is growing and the demand to work in the sports industry is getting higher and higher as, as it goes. And a lot of more students are getting a sports management degree. So the sports management degree may be similar across the board, but what specialization in your skill set can you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And so I tell people in sports as a whole, not just sponsorship, sponsorship activation, being able to have, let, let, let's say, being able to have some unique graphic design experience, like actually having a background in that, can probably get you in the door in the sports a lot easier than just having a general sports management degree with no specialization. Only because only because everyone else can have the same degree as you. But if you can do something a little different, a little bit more u- u- unique, you can have you create more of a niche. Then there's a value that that you can bring to an organization that's just uh, that's different than the rest of the crowd. So. Specialize, specialize, specialize in something. Again, I'm not saying you can't have both a sports management degree and come into the come into the field, but you got to figure out a way to stand out amongst the crowd. And if if you don't, then it's a toss up that um, you have no control over in a sense. So, would you say like something like a sports law, sports administration program is something that you could have, or more like I don't know, an actually major? Or- maybe more hard skill that you can learn aside, like, I don't know, learn how to program SQL or whatever, if you want to go in analytics or learn how to do, let's say, um, video editing with Adobe Premiere or After Effects or some stuff like that. Would it be something that you think would help or are you you talking more about uh, other things? No, that's exactly it. Uh, The latter of just having something having a hard skill that can put you over the edge okay. because most, most people, and I'll say this, most people coming into sports are going to go into sales uh-huh. tickets, right? 
And so if you if you don't want to if you don't want to go that route, then that's where we encourage, hey, specialize because even in the sponsorship side, we look for some of those hard hard skills to help us with the with our activations a little differently instead of just another student that has come out because if it's not that then it's the experience and but as a as a student coming out you don't have as much experience so that's where the, the high school specialization comes in very handy okay next question what is maybe one thing you're doing uh outside of the job that you think helped you um to help you keep yourself on top of things uh whether may, maybe being working out and no reading some books so you can also grow at a personal level meditating i don't think definitely it's a like i i wrote in the question having a top-notch sleep help but i don't think it's that because <laughs> it's not always easy to get the, the right amount at least uh, as we spoke prior on but do you have maybe one of the those things that you think uh, helped you yeah to, to just get it through it and uh like keep a consistent high level Yeah, no, that's a really good question because I think that's something that is really essential to uh, sustaining yourself in this industry throughout the whole season because you can get burnt out really quick. Yeah, not just like go through the season and then like uh, get get burnt out at the end and then like have the summer to do like two months to do nothing because you're not able to do nothing because you burn yourself out too much. At, at the beginning, I'm sure that happens right. for some individuals sometimes. Yeah. No, it's it's happened to me um, as I've learned how to manage this, how to manage myself. But no, I, I love to work out. That's something I try to uh, consistently do every week, at least three to five times a week, depending on um, our schedule. So I always adjust it to that. Um, every morning, I make an effort to med meditate in order to start off the day in a in a good way. And I usually just do like a five minute meditation okay. um, when. It, Um, and I actually need to get get back on it consistently. I've fallen off a little bit, and uh, personally, I like all I I go to therapy um, every two oh, weeks to just help to help uh, clear my mind as much as possible to help uh, get a lot of to just learn more how to take care of my my men, the, my mental self because I think we all have stuff that compiles emotionally, mentally thr throughout time and being able to talk to someone about it and navigate through it differently um, helps me just recenter myself. And so there's, just, there's that and I make an effort to just do some um, some things outside of sports. I mean, it's, it's hard, but being able to have some other hobbies, projects outside of mm -hmm. just my job makes it easier to separate and get a break. So like, being able to go volunteer, which is something I'm actually doing tomorrow, is going to help me just break out the day, focus my time on volunteering and not always be thinking about work, 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 work. Although it's always going to be there, but being able to create that level of separation has um, been good. And and of course, I've, I've, I've moved around a bit, so I def definitely have friends and family at different locations. So making an effort to go see them when I can, uh, whether it be for a quick weekend or whatever the case may be also just helps to helps me stay centered um book book wise i've i i finished a book about a month ago i haven't started another one but uh doing that when when i have time uh, i love audiobooks when i'm driving to work in the morning or when i'm 
uh, just drive me somewhere that's a little longer. So I, I listen to that and what podcast. So I do a lot, um, but in a sense, like those are those have become part of my like everyday um, habits. So it's not anything like spe- specific. But uh, recently, I did become a I did join Big Brother Big Sister to uh, be a big brother to uh, a high school student. So be, doing that to Great. again separate things and um, share any knowledge I have with them to his. Uh, high school education has been something I, I I have enjoyed. Yeah, I think ton of ton of great things out there. Do you, would you advise maybe one of uh, audio book or podcast that you re- recently listened to that helps you, whether being uh, in the sports industry or in general in your life? Yeah, no. So, I most recent two books I, I read I really enjoyed was the Will Smith autobiography. Um, read that he it's a really good insight into his life but also a lot of good life lessons that i think can apply to us all in different aspects so well, one of the stories he actually started off with was and hopefully i'm not giving too much but it was a story about how his father uh made him and his brother build a brick wall um mm. yeah so what they they, ha- they had a store one of the walls had to get uh demolished and so his brother, his father made him and his brother physically build that brick wall over, I think it took them a little over a year. And they were like, what, eight, eight or nine year old or a bit older? Yeah, they're, they're probably around like 10 to 12-ish. And so the biggest lesson there was from, from the father that um, he relayed to them, and I think it applies to all of us, is, hey, don't think about the big project. Because, of course, hearing, hey, you have to build a brick wall, that means you're thinking, this is impossible. I, I, I can't do this. It's, I'm, I'm a child. But ultimately, the father uh, implored them to focus on laying one brick at a time. Uh-huh. If you just focus on laying one brick at a time, then eventually, over time, which happened after a year, you, you had a complete wall. So it resonated with me in regards to just like, uh the having an intentional patient approach to things and focusing what's in, on what's in front of you can can really help you accomplish great things and they finished the wall so that was a good good piece of that 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 book that really stood out right away and then um on a professional level i, re- I read a book called the five levels of uh leadership and so that just highlighted different uh levels in which you can be a leader and what those take um to advance from one to the other some, some challenges and benefits of that so i've been trying to apply that in, in my in more of my leadership role now too yeah okay great and i think with the wilson story ballad that you can do into sport is even though maybe you got this big objective in your career focus on you know the first step focus on first getting an interview at the internship and then like doing everything you can to do that. And then if you get this internship, then perform well, and then eventually you'll, you'll get those, even though it's going to take a long time and it's going to, it's not going to be like just in, in one year or two years that you got to get all the way through up your goal. But I think that just taking each step and count, enjoying it each step is, is the best way to like just proceed in general and not usually like even though you're probably going to be like so happy at the moment where you reach your final objective at the end it's an objective but you're going to have a liar later on you know and never really yeah. finish it's like it, it just continues 
and after you'll have so, some other ones um, later on. To finish it off, we have a question from the public. So coming in from uh, Tyler, he was wondering um, what would be considered the largest signing sponsorship deals for the organization that you have signed and why, or maybe um, if you, I don't know if you, you if these are under contract stuff, stuff, if not, maybe the, the one that you're the most proud of, or maybe you could Or maybe a technique that you use that you, you were proud of, like, oh, okay, these brands, I thought they were like nowhere near our values as an organization or some stuff, but we were able to communicate and find some way through. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I, I will say there's definitely some information there that I um, am not able uh -huh. to share in, in regards to number wise and, and such. And because I work more on the execution side, I'm not going out to sign sign the partners but i i will say that there's a lot there's something really unique we did with uh one of our partners att which is well known yeah. so I could, i could share that but they are our communications partner and we hosted a watch party at a venue that they have out here uh, at their headquarters for the playoffs so that was something oh. really neat because it was the first time us hosting a watch party of that magnitude uh in, in recent years and being able to work with them through the whole planning process and then and then getting getting to that day adjusting to their venue and the crowd that came out the experience that we provided everyone and their reaction was really really positive and we uh, we didn't win the game but it was so good that they wanted to host another watch party at this venue specifically which was outside of their contract in a sense um so they they liked it so much like okay we need to find a way to do this again so that's that's an example that i i, I can give and i i would i wish i could share more if i was on the on the sales side but um it, that is one of them one of our bigger accounts that I help uh, manage. Okay, great. So that's it for the episode, guys. I hope you like it. Again, you can subscribe, leave a comment, let me know what you think. You can leave a five-star review if you want to have more of this episode. And uh, with that, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.